It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, it's been a couple of great weeks of golf. There's no doubt about that from the Australian PGA to the Australian Open. A great success out there at the Australian and the Lakes. The Golf Australia CEO is James Sutherland. I'm happy to say that he's on the line. G'day, James. G'day, Jimmy. Good to join you. Uh, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. We think it's been a success. Does Golf Australia think the same about the PGA and the, the Australian Open just played? And if yes, what are the metrics that you look at for that? Yeah, I think we've had a couple of great weeks um, of golf. Um, yeah, high, high quality golf and um, some great crowds at uh, both venues. Um, both venues in Sydney and uh, then, of course, at Royal Queensland in, in Brisbane. I think it, when it comes to metrics, I mean, we're, we're obviously in, interested in attendances and television ratings, which I understand to be very strong. But the other thing that uh, for us is a bit of an indicator is just um, putting on great events and attracting uh, really high-quality fields. And um, we've got an association now with the uh, DP World Tour, effectively the European Tour for both these two events. And um, based on world rankings alone, the, the quality of the field was up uh, 45% this year to what it was last year. So um, that's a big boost. And, and I think the crowds and the support from the general public reflected um, their enthusiasm and uh, awareness of uh, very strong crowds um, being there uh, for both those events. So if we look at it from a professional level, um, very strong over the last couple of weeks. What about overall? I know you had some announcements last week around golf participation and, and how this has been a uh, era of prosperity around that. What what do you see as the key driver to that, James? Yeah, look, um, I think there's no doubt that golf's thriving at the moment. We announced um, three and a half million people, uh, according to our research, are playing golf in Australia um, in the last 12 months. Um, they're playing all sorts of different formats. Um, we've had an increase in membership of 2% across, across the board, but um, what we're seeing is growth in juniors, growth in female participation and, and in all of the different formats, mini golf, driving ranges, indoor golf, um, we're actually seeing above average growth in all of those areas. So these, these new formats are really attracting new people to the game and uh, we see part of our role as being moving them along the, the spectrum and um, you know they, they can introduce themselves to the game, hopefully enjoy the experience and want to play more in, uh, in different formats and ideally get, get onto the course and and play and um, perhaps even get to to the membership stage as well. Yeah. Um, what's Golf Australia's role when it comes to golf courses under siege? Now, we'll, we'll talk about length of um, drives, but and that's a separate issue altogether. But we've got a situation here in New South Wales, at Sydney, at Moore Park, where um, the course is um, being threatened. 
there's about half the course itself. I think it's about 20 hectares that's going to be taken and or threatened to be taken. And as a result of that, it'll be less access for arguably the busiest course in Australia. Where does Golf Australia come into that, James, and, and playing a role um, with governments or against governments about the threats to golf that come? I mean, we've got a significant interest in that. Um, you know, the, the most significant assets, um, golfing assets in Australia are public courses. Um, Moore Park, which you mentioned, is the busiest golf course in the Southern Hemisphere, 91,000 rounds uh, a year. It's it's quite extraordinary. So to, to think that um, someone thinks it's a good idea to reduce the size of that course is uh, somewhat ludicrous. But, uh, you know, I've talked that based on... The, the demand for the game around the country at the moment. Uh, yeah, we need more golf courses, not less. So, so if we take the Moore Park example and we talk about other public spaces and public golf spaces uh, around Australia and indeed in regional areas and coastal areas where there's a great deal of value associated with that and unlocking that value and, and looking at things in a different way, is that something that golf clubs, whether it be um, from a Golf Australia perspective, Golf New South Wales or whatever state it happens to be, have to look at as well, James? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we're, we're encouraging golf courses to... Uh, golf clubs to think about their land and the way in which they bring new people to the game and um, you know certainly in in thriving um, metropolitan areas and areas where there are opportunities for growth uh, there's there's some fantastic initiatives from various golf courses to encourage juniors into the game so for example introducing um, you know perhaps putting mini golf courses I know it um, up near Maroochydore, Maroochy River, for example, in recent years, um, you know, it was a private private members club, and um, they were looking for for growth. They were looking to ease some of their financial concerns or issues, and they introduced uh, mini golf. It's been nothing but a burn. It's not only brought new golfers um, to their, their club, but it's created some surpluses that have allowed them to reinvest back into um, into their golf course and um, club facilities. So. They're the sorts of things that um, present as opportunities, I guess, for this you know, increasing demand for the game and the, the fact that um, some people look at golf through a sort of certain lens of being green grass private and all of that. But it's, it's far from that. And the opportunities to bring new people to the game in other formats is uh, presenting itself in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. We talked about the success of the Australian Open at the Australian Golf Club and the Lakes Golf Club. Um, it, it was spectacular to see the vision that was coming out, beamed around the world. Um, where is Golf Australia with its relationship uh, with Destinations New South Wales and the willingness of the New South Wales government to ensure that the Australian Open doesn't go anywhere, James? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're in discussions with Destination New South Wales, uh, I think, um, yeah, for our end, you know, our primary focus is putting on great events like we did last week. And I think that itself is uh, the best promotion, the best advertisement uh, for whatever we end up doing next. Um, certainly, um, Destination New South Wales has been pretty open with us as to their enthusiasm for, um, for our event. They've been great supporters of our event in previous years, the last decade or so. And, um, you know, we'd love to, to go ahead with with something and continue uh, the thing we've got going in New South Wales. But um, our funding's important. And uh, fortunately uh, for golf, we don't have the rivers of golf from uh, television media rights uh, that some other sports have. 
We had Cam Smith miss the cut at the PGA. He made the cut, thankfully, at the Australian Open. Where's Golf Australia with their relationship with Live Golf? We had uh, a great tournament over in Adelaide that was lauded around the globe. But how, how would you describe the relationship between Live Golf and Golf Australia, knowing you've got this relationship now with the DP World Tour? Yeah, we don't have anything formal with Liv, but you know, we we take a pretty open mind due to um, golf and golf tournaments. Uh, you know, we saw a very successful tournament in Adelaide last April. Um, fantastic crowds, um, a great reception, and they brought a fantastic field to Australia, probably as good a field as we've seen in 20 or 30 years. So uh, we can't um, do anything but respect that, and uh, and we're we'll, we're sure that there'll be another fantastic field and a great tournament in Adelaide um, this year. So from our perspective, we see it as complementary to the Australian Tour. It's not um, something that we see in any way competitive. Um, Perhaps in other parts of the world, they might look at it that way. But um, the way we see it, uh, Australian golf fans are starved of um, golf quality of content um, in our remit to try to do as best we can with that. And uh, if Liv can bring tournaments to Australia as well, then it will only fuel Aussie golf fans' appetite to play more golf. Yeah. You mentioned the relationship that you had with DP World Tour and what that what influence that had on the, the strength of the field. Is there any way further to strengthen the field? We know it's a long year for the golfers, and some people might laugh at that, thinking, yeah, they get to play golf there the whole time, and how tough is that? However, um, they do need a downtime, um, and obviously the Australian swing comes at, at, at that downtime for a lot of people. Yeah. What else, beyond prize money, James, what else can be done to lure people to Australia? Yeah, so prize money is obviously, uh, uh, the more prize money you've got, the more attractive it is. Um, yep. The quality of the field actually improves the ranking points that are on offer. And that's a that's a real factor. I mean, Joachim Neiman, who won the uh, Men's Australian Open, um, he's a live player, and by virtue of the ranking system, his rankings are getting lower. And um, so what, that was one of the reasons why he played in our event is to, um, to try to give his rankings a boost, which he certainly managed to do. Uh, that helps him with qualifying for other major events. He, the other aspect of it is that it is an open qualifying event. So it, the top three places who haven't previously qualified for the, the Open Championship um, get a berth in that. So Joachim Neiman, for example, uh, gets an automatic spot or start in the Open in July next year at Royal Troon. So they're, they're all things that can entice players. Um, obviously, money speaks uh, lots of languages as well. We can play, pay players um, appearance fees. Uh, and we, we explore that from time to time. But um, we also, as I said before, you know, we don't have huge amounts of money on offer. And because of um, some of the uh, competitive um, fees that are being offered around the world, it's difficult for us to... So I think bringing them down and showing them a good time, um, perhaps if they can encourage them to stay on and enjoy some of the um, beautiful parts of Australia with a, with a holiday afterwards, that, that's probably the best we can do. Uh, and that would be fantastic as well. Uh, just before we let you go, and we know you're about to hit off uh, on a uh, another event today, um, as a long-time CEO of Cricket Australia, does David Warner deserve a, a hero send-off at the SCG, James? Well, I think um, well, what David Warner deserves is he deserves the opportunity to 
put his best foot forward and get selected. So, um, um, you know, the send off, I don't think the send off is anything but what the crowd and the fans want to give him. Uh, uh, but I think that uh, I thought his performances in the World Cup were, um, were very, very strong. And um, I think he certainly deserves to start the summer. And um, if he makes runs from here, then he'll be there in Sydney and um, he'll be sent off appropriately. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, James, really appreciate your time today. Hit him well. Uh, and, and, and thanks for um, yeah, thanks for sharing some time in the afternoons on SEN. Pleasure, Jimmy. Good to chat.